Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's So Neat. I'm your host, Neetu, and today's neat topic of discussion is labels and how they affect children, how it affects children when we label them a certain type of way, and what we can do to make sure that we make that shift in our language so we're not labeling our children. Um, but when I before I start this podcast, I do want to say that this is an opinion-based podcast. All thoughts, opinions, views shared are of my own and do not represent any entity I have been, am with, uh, or will be affiliated with in the future. Um, But yeah, without further ado, let's jump into this topic. This topic has always been so um, interesting to me because while working with children, I often hear myself and other people say, oh, you're such a good boy, or you're such a good girl, or labeling things children are doing as good and bad. Um, and I didn't really understand the detriment of what that can do to a child until I started studying in this field and then reflecting on my own experiences as a child and just seeing what kind of is happening around me. Um, but just how critical it is to be careful of the words we choose when we're speaking to our children. I don't think as adults we realize even when we're talking to each other I feel as adults we do get in well well you're like this and you're like that and you're this and you're that and we talk about how damaging these labels are for us whether that's labels that social media is putting on us whether that's labels that patriarchy is putting on women or uh, women are putting on to men of like men can't be sensitive or men can't do this or men can't do that when we're throwing these labels constantly at people us as adults are having a hard time adjusting and coping with it well now if you take into retrospect what do you think that's happening what do you think that's doing to our children when we're speaking to our children in a way um so what we're going to talk about today is really the detriment and the impact um and the dangers of labeling a child a child in a certain manner. Um, for me as a kid, I was always, I remember not myself, it was always like, oh yeah, like Nitu's a little bit more introverted. She likes to do things on her own. She's a little bit odd. She's a little bit weird. She does her own thing. Um, you know, she plays in her room. She dances by herself or plays with mud. Like, you know, she doesn't really focus that much in school or whatever it may be. I remember constantly hearing these things and it almost became a belief. I, because I heard other people saying these things about me, I internalized a lot of this. And as I got older, I've had to do a lot of unlearning of like, okay, well, is this truly who I am? Or is this what I was labeled as? And now I'm choosing to live my life as this label. It was a lot of work, a lot of introspective work, a lot of going and reflecting on my patterns, my things. And even when I'm at like, why is it that I feel like I can be myself in other circumstances and not while I'm, you know, with my family or whatever that may be? Um, I have the most supportive family, so I'm in no means saying that. But just when you're hearing constant labels of yourself, it does give you like your own misconception of yourself. So the danger of labeling a child is just that. It's just like it affects their self-confidence, right? If you're always being told, you know, you're introverted or you're not that good at math or you're not that good at school, you're 
going to start believing that and that is going to take a hit on your self-confidence. So it's not often that when we are telling children they can or cannot do something or labeling them as like book smart or street smart or labeling them as um, intelligent or creative or whatever it may be. It might not even be that you're saying something negative about the child, but you're saying that they're good at something and only ever highlighting the things that they're good at. And so that child's automatically going to believe that's something that they're good at. Um, if you're if you're saying that a child is struggling with something or isn't good at something, that child's automatically going to start believing that they're not capable of those things. So they're not even going to try. So it really does have a direct implication on our self-confidence as we get older and as that child gets older um, on how they navigate their every everyday lives. Another thing is it influences the way the child sees themselves. So if you're constantly saying that a child is really noisy or loud or um, hyperactive or doesn't sit in one spot, that child's going to start seeing and believing that they're that way. So that in fact is going to change their behavior and influence how they see themselves. And obviously how we see ourselves does impact our self-confidence, right? So it's almost like it's a vicious cycle. You're putting this child in the cycle where all these things will correlate in the end. Another thing is by labeling a child's um, behavior or patterns or personality, um, a negative label can lead to lower expectations of the child. So if you're saying that a child's not good at math or not good at a subject or not good in a certain aspect of their life, they're going to start believing that. So then they're not going to try. For me, for example, I suck at soccer full-fledged, never been a phys ed type human being. Like, I'm lucky I get to the gym every single day. But I was always told that I'm not good at those things. I'm not good at phys ed. I'm not good at sports. Um, that just made me not want to try. So as I got older, I started dissociating myself from gym. Like, even in grade 10, I don't know, um, in Calgary here, we're allowed to take and choose electives. I chose electives that are all, like, fun. So I went bowling and I didn't try in anything like cross country or skating or anything like that because I already had a perception that these are things that I'm not good at. So why would I try when I know ultimately I'm going to fail? Is that the truth? Probably not. But it's something that I started believing about myself because I knew I had lower grades in that area. I knew I had lower grades and higher grades in art. So that's why I was more inclined to like enjoy art and do things in art because I knew that's something I was good at because I was told that's something I was good at. Whether that's from teachers, whether that's from my peers, whether that was um, from friends, it was all somehow reinforced that those are things I'm good and bad at. So the things I'm bad at, of course, you're not going to want to try them because you know they're ideally hard and that you're going to suck at them. So why would you want to do that to your self-confidence? Um, it also influences the way others see and treat them. So if you're labeling your child in a group of people, and this happens to every single one of us when we go and the auntie are talking, I'm like, oh, like we automatically hear our parents either comparing us to others or uh, like others comparing us to their kids or whatever it may be. But this creates that concept of like, 
if our parents go home and say, oh, this kid does so-and-so and why can't you be like this kid and blah, blah, blah. How many times do we hear that in a Desi community of like, like how many times have we heard that as um south asian children of like oh yeah so-and-so's kid does this why can't you do it or so-and-so's kid plays piano why don't you play piano things like that that obviously creates hostility between those two children so whether that's in your extended family and you're getting compared to your cousins or like um your own siblings that's gonna cause hostility because you're always gonna be envious that that person is better at doing something than you are and it's gonna create this belief that there's like a unhealthy rivalry or competition that doesn't even exist it's all made up in your head but as a child you can start to believe these things because you're not you know, seeing that you can live to a certain type of potential. So there are so many harmful things that labeling children can do. I know in our everyday lives, we put labels on everything, such as food, clothing, even people. We label people based on relationships, um, relatives, and like, you know, like even our own features, like gender, ethnicity, religion. Everything is a label. But it's really hard to make sure that we're not doing that to children and it's important that we're not doing that to our children because when we're labeling them we're using an adjective to describe the children's character child's character behavior or appearance and in a lot of weight it can carry a lot of weight for that child so if you're saying that oh my child's too shy or she's too bossy or oh she won't try that or he won't try that um it basically makes the child feel like that that's how they are because children are great listeners believe it or not you may not think they are but they do they're sponges so they really take this information in children are growing developing and changing and have endless potential it's really important that us as adults we're not hindering that with harmful labels and hurtful comments so again like we talk we don't want to you know, limit the way that they see themselves. We don't want them to feel that they can't reach things. So yes, today they might not be good at math. Tomorrow they might actually do really good at it if we kind of make them see their own potential. So just like we talk about motivational speakers or like trying to help people who are quote unquote stuck in their thought process. If we're constantly sticking our child into this thought process by labeling them like as they're too shy or they won't talk or they won't try that or they won't do this or they won't do this. Yes, as parents, we obviously know our children the best. However, we don't understand that when we're speaking about them in this way, they're listening and they're also getting that bias of them into their own perception. So that's going to limit what they can and they can't do in the future. The thing I always like to coach about when I'm working with children or I'm coaching someone who's working with a child is really making sure that we're talking about the objective behavior or um, trait as that objective not as a part of that child not that that child is being bad or they're good or they're bad or um you know they're tricky or whatever it may be any kind of word or oh you know what they're really really smart anything like that to try to refrain of saying it about the child as it's a characteristic of that child but really just labeling what they're doing it can 
Because the thing is, when we're not choosing the right words, it can really affect the sense of self, how they're treated, and limit their potential. Negative labels can make parents or caregivers or even teachers expect the worst. And even positive labels can be hindrance because then we think that that child is always going to be perfect. And that child has this now complex that they only can ever be perfect, that they can't make mistakes. Remember when talking about a child that labels can be difficult to remove. This is hard for us as adults as well of like when we're get we're getting labeled as something, how hard is it to move away from that label? We really cling onto labels as social beings. So it's hard to remove labels. It's never too late to change and realize that the negative impacts of a label, um, b- negative impacts of a label to become aware of negative perceptions that you might have or reframe your image. So to avoid unfavorable labeling, think before you speak and choose your choose your words wisely. Consider the cost of the label and how it may affect the child now and in the future. Just use labels or words that will offer encouragement, support. So reframing how we talk. It's so important. So instead of saying that a child is a kind child or a helpful person, you can say something like, you're being kind. What you did was really kind. Or you know what? Thank you for helping me with that. That was very helpful of you. Rather than saying, oh, you're helpful or you're kind, try making the act and being very specific of what it is that that child did that is kind or helpful. Instead of saying, you're shy, don't be shy, say something like, you know what, it takes a little while for you to be comfortable with new people. Or you're talkative with people that you know well, instead of saying that that they're shy. Instead of saying that a child's whiny or a crybaby or selfish, use descriptive and more positive words such as tenderhearted. Or you know what, you're aware of your own feelings. Instead of being, oh, you're picky, Say, it's okay if you don't want to try it at this time. Maybe you can try it later. Because this also gives the potential that this child might be able to change that behavior. I think one of the biggest things of when we are reframing what we're saying is really opening that option of the potential of change. Even when I'm talking to you guys on this podcast, one of the things that I always make sure that I'm doing is talking about what is the problem, what is the problem that we are seeing as a community, as a whole, and then offering ways we can change and reframe our thinking. That's the biggest thing of knowing that, of like, we can really reframe this. So if you have done this to your child, or you are currently doing this to your child, there's opportunity to change for you as well. So I don't want you guys to listen to this and being like, oh, fuck, like I'm doing everything wrong. (laughs) No, that's not what it's for. It's really about being more conscious about what we're saying. And this shouldn't even only just apply to children. This is to everybody. If you're noticing that you're constantly making someone feel like they're limited by either previous mistakes or they're limited by things that they have done in the past or um, they have habits of doing things that are the same. But have you looked at, has this person been able to change? What can we do with our wording when we're talking to that person to help ignite change, to help reframe those thoughts, those programs, those things that we've had in the past, shed them and try something new? Because us as human beings, we're really capable of adaptability. Wow, I can't even say adaptability. Adaptability, that's the word that I'm looking for. But we're capable of adapting and changing. Look at this COVID-19 pandemic. We're constantly adapting to new rules, new changes. Like, of course, we're in a pandemic and we're all in crisis at this moment because we're constantly trying to navigate our world and our emotional well-being and our financial well-being and whatever it may be. But look at how adaptable we are. 
Who would have told us two years ago that we would be in a pandemic and the whole world would change? We wouldn't have expected that. If you were to tell us or show us a snapshot of where we're at right now, I'm pretty sure we'd be like, oh, well, we can't adapt to that. But we have because we are resilient as a human species and a human race. So that's one thing I do want you guys to take from this is, Yes, it is harmful to label children. It's harmful to label anybody, but we can reframe how we're speaking. It's again, being cognizant of the problem and then thinking before we say something. So really trying to practice it. Catch yourselves. One thing I've been reading, um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, which is a beautiful read. And one thing he talks about is um, while he was in monk school, one of the first exercises he did is if he thought a negative thought about someone, I'm like, oh, I just don't like this person. He had to actually sit down and write 10 positive things about that person um, to, again, reframe that thought process of that negative thought because um, he was being taught that negativity kind of weighs you down and um, having a negative perception is not the way to go. That's going to obviously make sure that you're getting that energy as well. So um, he talks about if he's had a negative thought about something or a negative encounter, he had to write 10 positive things. So it's the same thing. When you catch yourself, be more cognizant, cognizant and more um, adaptable of what you say the next time around how can you change that we just talked about it right like changing our framework of keeping the label and the child separate but being very specific of why that child was kind or um, rather than labeling the child as shy so that they believe that they're constantly always shy saying you know what you're more comfortable talking to people you know a bit better that is perfect because then they know that that's something that they do. You know, it's okay if I only like to talk to people that I'm comfortable with rather than saying I'm shy because that can have a negative connotation to it. So the in the end, it's just about that, being more cognizant and reframing how we think. There's so many self-help books. There's so many therapists out there that work with some of this stuff. So if it's something that you guys are requiring support with, i highly encourage reaching out to some of the links that I have linked in my description and if it's anything that you have to add to the pod or add to this conversation I would love to hear your thoughts please feel free to reach me at my Instagram handle it's at that's so neat um, and then you can also find me on TikTok it's at that's so neat as well um, I have an anon form so again please feel free to submit your comments um, any stories you may have and also if any topics that you would want to hear next week I will be having um, someone on to talk about racism in the sporting community. I'm really excited for that conversation. So until next week, I am signing off. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time. Bye.